0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
1: It's the Score North Twin Show.
2: Spring Twins show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, magic number 28. I'm Rami Makhlouf, along with Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, Fanny Hill on the other side of the glass at 1 o'clock. Judd Zulgad will join the fray and uh, talk some Twins with us. It was a 3-1 win. Over uh, Lucas Giolito and the White Sox yesterday, the Indians won, so the lead stays at 3.5 with the magic number. Now down to 28, guys, and uh, I don't know, do you want to start with the game or do you want to start with the bad news before the game, Derek, what more? It's so hard. Like, you want to be positive, right? right? They're on pace to win 99 games. Danny shaking his head no when he I said you want
3: to, want to be, be positive. Well, Danny don't want to be positive. <laughs> Danny's an
2: Indians fan. That's fine, but
3: like you, you, your gut is to be positive. Hey, this team just beat Lucas Giolito. The best matchup for the White Sox. Michael Pineda. I mean, matched him pretty much Looked pitch good, for pitch. Man. Bullpen came in and shut it down for four innings. More bombas, and there are uh, some more. There's a bomba challenge we have to talk about today there for is. sure. The uh, bombas for away that. for 50k. Pretty excited about that. So, so like, your gut is to be positive. We should open the show with Optimism Reigns. And yet, Byron Buxton being pulled off a rehab assignment is just hard to overcome in your mind. Like, that's, to me, that was the bigger news out of yesterday. Not that they beat the the White Sox and Giolito.
1: I mean, that's a game that you don't necessarily feel like you need to win because we just saw what Giolito did to the Twins, what, Five days ago, six <laughs> yeah, days ago, ho- however good. long it was, where he he came out and he just dominated the Twins, and that is what it is. And you kind of tip your cap and move on. So it was, it was good for them to come out and beat the guy that just absolutely shut them down not too long ago. But the real news of the day is Byron Buxton. Yeah, like, that's that's what the story is. It's not that you beat a a Chicago White Sox team that's won what sixty games so far, sixty five games. It's the fact that your potential your guy that you want in center field each and every day. We don't know if he's going to play again this season.
2: Rami, which was bigger for you? Probably the Buxton News. I mean, not that I didn't, not that I didn't watch that game last night and enjoy it, and they, if there was a game in that series that, that you thought they, they might lose, it was that one, because Lucas Giolito was on the mound, and he was pretty good the last time the Twins saw him, if you don't remember. So, you're glad you get that win and start that series off on a good foot, but Back to what Danny was saying. I, I think this team can win the division without Byron Buxton. I, I, I don't have much doubt about that. I, I think they can get to October without Byron Buxton. But, and Phil said this yesterday on Mac and Judd with Rami, weekdays 4-6 here on Score North, across all our platforms, including that free Score North mobile app. But Good job. I don't know that they can win a World Series without Byron Buxton. At least some version of Byron Buxton, even if it's eighty ninety percent winning a world Series is a tall task with or without him it 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 becomes really, really hard to me, borderline impossible without that guy
3: yeah, so let's take this to the next level because Danny, you've been on this show before and talked about this specific injury subluxated shoulder, where it's basically what it's it's not popped out of the joint but
1: it's it doesn't There's come like all the way out, but it, it slides. It, so the, the the joint itself, it, it starts to separate, and then it kind of snaps back in. So it sounds super painful. It's not, it's not technically
3: pleasant.
2: a separated they shoulder, said, but they said this latest. And they won't call it a setback. I'll call it a setback. But they did say that it wasn't pain. It was discomfort for Byron Buxton. Oh, okay. Oh, well, slightly different on, on shade Sunday, of gray then. And then again on Tuesday. Yeah, well,
1: j- just like how the Twins say everyone is day-to-day, day-to-day and then they end up on the I.L. for three <laughs> And that's
3: weeks. day-to-day, 60-day D.L. I.L. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a lot of days. Let's uh, yeah, day day to day. On he'll be better on day sixty-one. I mean, we're all day to day. Let's uh, good point. Yes, valid. Yeah. (laughs) Let's. uh, We'll ask Dan Hayes about this when he joins the show at twelve twenty today. Dan Hayes from the Athletic covers the Twins, so I'll be curious to hear from him because I was reading his tweets yesterday, and I'm thinking, is this uh, is this spin control from the Twins? But let's take this to the next level. We know Byron Buxton's not going to play for the Twins tonight. He rejoins the team, and it's probably for further evaluations, and they'll do some tests, and they'll make sure he's okay. Structurally, apparently, he's okay. But you were hoping, as a Twins fan, to have Buxton playing in either minor league rehab games by now or back in the Twins' lineup hitting ninth, playing center field. So what is your guys' level of confidence that Buxton is back in short order for the Twins? Zero. Zero.
1: I have no confidence. Scale that, of that zero to ten. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a zero, and you cannot trust Byron Buxton to stay on the field. And at this point, you can't trust him to get back on the field. And what I think complicates this even more is. Now the minor league season's going to be over. Those all end next week. There are going to be no rehab games for him to play, so what are you going to do to try and get him back into game shape? Because unless this division gets out of hand sooner rather than later, you're going to run out of time where you have meaningless opportunities to get Buxton in time in the field and, and at, at bats when they don't matter. That's going to be a really small number of time, and that's something that I think is, is worth mentioning and certainly cause for concern.
3: I definitely agree with you. I want to know, Rami, scale of 1 to 10. Well, Rami just, or uh, Danny just broke the scale, 0 to 10, we'll say. <laughs> what is your level of confidence that Buxton's back, let's say, two weeks' time and gets a little bit of a runway before playing in October?
2: I mean, a 2 or a 3? Okay. I mean, it is. It is. It's. it was promising before this latest setback in the last few days that he was back on a minor league rehab assignment. He was clearly on his way towards coming back to the twins possibly as soon as this white Sox series we we had heard some talk so he was headed in the right direction i'm sure there will be mris and further examination today that's why he's coming back to join the club and we obviously don't know the results of that yet or even if those tests have been conducted yet but a lot is going to be i think decided probably today when they get the results of those tests right as far as when he can get back to action and how long it's going to take him from there to actually be back in baseball shape?
3: Well, it's a good question because what are you going to find out today that changes your opinion after pulling him off his rehab?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think the tests are going to tell us anything new. It's all going to be about how his body responds to everything, and clearly his body was at a point where it wasn't ready to do everything that they wanted him to do and that he was doing because it responded poorly. That's You do have to listen to your body, and I, I will give him credit for that because... He could have lied about this. He could have said, no, I'm good, and then come back up and gotten injured even more. So I give him credit for actually speaking up and listening to his body, but I don't think there's going to be a test that's going to show, oh, he did more damage than was already done. I think it's going to be we have to wait and see how he feels, and then we kind of have to start at square one again in terms Mm. of on-field stuff.
3: So, Danny, uh, I'll get to some quotes from Thad Levine here yesterday, as relayed by our 1220 guest, Dan Hayes of The Athletic covers the Twins. But I know you've never played Major League Baseball, Danny, but you played college football at a high level. You had an injury that was either this exact same or similar. What was that like? What were you feeling not only immediately after, but in the maybe the weeks that followed the injury?
1: So the... Both times that I had this exact same injury, it at some point followed with a major dislocation, and that it was essentially the starting point of needing to have shoulder surgery. Okay, I did it in high school, and then I, I dove for a fly ball playing baseball actually in high school, and it it popped out, and that's what my fear for Byron Buxton is is that. He's going to be playing in the field. It's not going to be running into the wall. I mean, that concerns me with him, but that doesn't necessarily concern me nearly as much as diving does now, especially sure. because it's his glove side. That's the arm he's going to extend yeah. when he's trying to catch a fly ball. I dove for a fly ball. Saying it was my left shoulder, right-handed player. Dove for a fly ball, arm hit the ground, shoulder popped out. That's the concern here. You have to nice. try and – and I, I know I'm – Sort of sounding like a doctor here But I have been through the same thing You have to try and strengthen everything That's around that that ligament Because you can't strengthen a ligament There's no way to do that just what your body has is kind of what it has. Okay. So you have to try and strengthen your bicep. You have to you have to strengthen everything around your shoulder to try and keep it into place and you have to it's never going to be completely stable. It's always probably going to feel a little loose to him. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if at some point he does dislocate it. Whether okay. it's now, whether it's two years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if there's further damage done to it at some point. But I it's mean, painful
2: and it's tough. Danny had to remove himself from the score north boxing Tournament because of this injury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I serious I, stuff. I liked his man. odds going in. Serious it. stuff, yeah. So <laughs> I've I've essentially
1: done it 3 times. I did it once in high school, had surgery, once in college and then I dislocated it 3 days later and had to have surgery and then I actually did it playing basketball 2 winters ago. Sure. There's like I'm. There's a minor tear in my labrum from okay. it,
3: and, and that, that just is what it is. Not to dog on you by any means. Oh, but have you, at you, it. You're please. not a doctor, but you've just had a lot of parts of your body explained to you by doctors
0: <laughs> yeah, throughout yeah. the years.
1: Surgeons, <laughs> doctors, athletic trainers, physical therapists. You name it. I've talked to them.
3: Jeez. Oh, so that is the concern. I mean, Byron Buxton not being here this week for this series. Okay, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a blow to the Twins, mm-hmm. of course. A player of that. You know, caliber, that's, that's going to hurt. It's real wins and losses over the course of a month, over the course of a season. But the bigger fear from this chair that I'm sitting in here, right on this stage at the great Bombasota get together, is ah, uh, what does this mean for October? Right? First of all, get yep. there. You're going to, maybe you have to get there without him. And, not, you know, I'm not scared of those odds necessarily. But then once you get there, boy, He's tougher. You're a tougher matchup. You're a tougher out in October if Byron Buxton's healthy and playing well. And right now, that has to be a real concern for the Twins that that might not be the case. Yeah. I have no way of knowing. We'll talk to Dan Hayes. Maybe he has more info. But I, based on the stuff that I read yesterday and heard from the Twins and Thad Levine's quotes here... I think that's something you
2: have to be very uh, concerned about right now. At this point, the way I'm looking at it and the way I would look at it if I was Falvey and Levine is we need this guy ready by October. That's when we need him. I I, I think we, we, can, we can get past the finish line without Byron Buxton and win this division. We need him right by October. But Danny brought this up. Minor league season is about over. Yeah. Where, where do you rehab him when that happens to get him up to game speed? Because that was where he ran into a problem was when he tried to exert himself against full-speed pitching and against both in a game and against the, the fast-pitch machine. And you you need to you need to reach down for a little bit more when you're facing 96, 98 miles per hour, and, and that's when he started to feel the discomfort. Where, and I know they have machines for this, but where is he really going to get up to game speed and in game shape once the minor league season is over? That and presents he, a, pro- a problem. And even then, uh, aside from all that,
1: it's a lot easier to try and ease yourself back in because that's what you have to do with this. You can't just step on the field and go go right at the wall again. You have to kind of ease yourself back in from an injury like this. It's a lot easier to do that in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, than it is guaranteed rate field, or whatever it's called on the south side of Chicago, or (laughs) Target Field, or Comerica Park. While you can talk about how, oh, the Tigers are terrible, or the White Sox aren't good, you're still playing in a major league baseball game where the environment's so much different than playing in a a single-A stadium in the middle of Iowa.
3: Completely agree with you from from everything. The speed of the game, the intricacy of it. It's all different. Buxton's required impact. I mean, the Cedar Rapids Colonels are going to be a better team with Buxton if he's playing at 50%. That's not a concern. The Minnesota Twins need some semblance of, you know, full Buxton if they can get him. To that end, here's some quotes from GM Thad Levine yesterday, which i got to be honest, ton of respect for Thad Levine. I think he's done a great job in his time with the Twins. It reads like it's spin. I don't know if it's spin. I don't know if he's being 100% transparent. I'm just saying when I read these quotes on Twitter.com, this nifty little machine that we have here it it reads like spin so here is Thad Levine via uh, Dan Hayes of The Athletic who shared the quotes that Levine told reporters yesterday quote, we're still optimistic that he's still going to help this team at some point before the season's end we know we're hitting the pause button I wouldn't even call it a setback but our doctors have assessed that he needs to strengthen and stabilize his shoulder, end quote and there's more This is from uh, Dan Hayes of The Athletic. Thad Levine described this as a, quote, snag versus a setback, end quote. Okay. (laughs) That's where it starts to sound like spin. And he says that it's a, quote, blend between discomfort and limitation. But that uh, then MRI, this is according to Dan Hayes, the MRI taken revealed no new inflammation in Buxton's left shoulder.
1: So the thing that I read away from that is he said something along the lines is we think he'll still be able to help us. At, this season, at some right? point
3: before the season's up. That
1: reads me to they're leaving the door open essentially. Worst case scenario that he can be a pinch runner at some point. And the and the rule for him will be you're not allowed to slide head first under any circumstance. That's that is helping them at some point. Get
3: out there, run faster than Nelson Cruz and slide feet
1: first. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what helping them at some point is because if this at at, is a, minimum. at yes, a minimum, At a minimum, that's what they're they're banking on. And sure. I don't know if it'll be more than that. It could be. He could be able to be back in four weeks and playing again. And I mean, not acting like nothing happened, but back on the field at the very least. And I'm just not confident in that happening.
2: Feel you when I, I, I when you. I when I read those quotes and and there was more. in Rocco Baldelli talked to and he tried to play it down. My first reaction was was yours, Derek, that this is spin. But I don't know how much of that is just. It's just human nature, and and to be skeptical because of the track record of Byron Buxton? You you know what I mean? And and the way the Twins have treated injuries this year, too, we should say. That's fair.
1: Well, I don't know how you can read this as anything other than spin. There's no way to look at this positively, and it's the organization's job and. Yeah, Thad's done a great job, and, and Rocco's done a great job, but they're not going to be like, yeah, this was worst case. They're not going to do that when there's still a sure, hope. They're yeah. going to try and spin it positively because... <laughs> We're pessimistic we, about this guy getting back in yeah, the Yeah, they're, they're, right. they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because their <laughs> job is to try and spin it positively. So. They want it to be the... The best they want to try and will the best case scenario into existence, sure. Speak it into existence, sure so to say that 's part of that of course they 're not going to tell the truth they 're going to try and spin it as best they can
3: when fad uh, said when he told reporters that what Buxton experienced was a quote blend between discomfort and limitation, end quote. I thought to myself... That's going a long pain. way not
2: to say pain. Oh, so, so you mean pain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's going a long way not to say pain. I don't necessarily even think pain or discomfort is out of the ordinary here. Oh, like, so sh- I, yeah. it's, it's going He's it going to be painful. sore. It is. He's going to be sore. He's going to be uncomfortable. But the thing that worried me the most about that is the word limitation. Like, that's right. not something that I think he should still be dealing with at this point. That's I mean, something that should have been Should've, from this injury, should have been gone at the, the two-week mark or whatever, sure. and we're almost a month into this now.
3: So I'm an optimistic guy, and here's the silver lining: like at least it's his non-throwing arm. Because for Buxton, it's not just the speed in center field that makes you your jaw drop when you watch him play on a daily basis. It's that strong, accurate throwing arm, and if he can come back and avoid, as Danny's explaining, you know, sort of diving and putting his left shoulder at risk. You know, Or running it into a wall. Yeah, I'm you sure don't that want that either. either. That probably yeah. wouldn't be good for it. That's but. how he heard it originally. But that strong, accurate throwing arm could still be a weapon for him.
1: On the flip side, I think it does make doing things at the dish a little bit more that's, difficult. That's what I was going to say. it's that front shoulder not the back, yep. back right. shoulder. Yep. It's so much torque in that front shoulder as opposed to the back. And while you're right about it not being his throwing arm and he can still throw fine, and that's unaffected and that's great for him, you, you have to look at the other yeah. side of the coin there right. and say, he's a right-handed thrower, he's a right-handed hitter, too. Yeah. So that's going to make it, that's probably where more of the discomfort and limitation comes from. Yeah,
3: it's interesting because you want to, if you're the twins, hold out hope for the best-case scenario, which would be what? Uh, pain subsides, he's able to strengthen those things around the shoulder joint that Danny's talking about, and he's ready to go in a week or two. And, and now here you go, you're off to the races. But... You know, that kind of, from my chair anyways, and this is just, hey, day after some disappointing news, reacting as an outsider, I look at this and I say, yeah, this is, that's the best case scenario. This is a disappointing day for the Twins and for Buxton.
2: It won't be disappointing, though, if you could win $1,000 or Look even... That seamless transition. Better yet. Radio professional. $50,000, which you can do cow. right now in the Bombas Away for 50K Challenge. All you have to do, because the Twins are going to break the MLB record for home runs in the season, it's just a question of who's going to hit number 268, that record-breaking Bomba. Well, if you can correctly guess the player, you'll be entered to win $1,000. If that player hits a grand slam to break the record, again... I did not know we had these types of resources for prizing. <laughs> you will be entered to win $50,000, life changing money, for a record breaking bomba. How do you do it? You go to Score, you download the Score North mobile app, register with your name and email, and enter via Listener Rewards in the main menu, and have a chance to win $50,000 in the Bombas Away for 50K sweepstakes from your friends at Score North on 1500 at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. We're going to talk with Dan Hayes. He covers the Twins for The Athletic right after this on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, magic numbers 29. We'll be right back. It's Score North, live from the Minnesota State Fair. It is the Score North first place twins show live from the Minnesota State Fair. And on 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The magic number is 28. Rami Makhlouf, Derek number. Derek number. Derek Wet That's my good, bro? That's Derek my Wetmore and we Cunningham, <laughs> live from the Minnesota State Fair. If you're looking for us, we're just off of Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand. Two hours of the Score North Twins show, followed by Purple Daily from 2 to 4, and Mackie and Judd with Rami from 4 until 6 o'clock, all live from the State Fair. And uh, check out our merchandise booth, where if you show us your Score North mobile app, you'll get a $5 t-shirt. Joining us now on the Score North First Place Twins show, he covers those twins for The Athletic. Always a pleasure to welcome in Dan Hayes. How are you this afternoon, Dan?
0: I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have you gotten out to the fair yet? Are you a fair-goer, Dan Hayes? You know what's funny is um, it always seems to fall at a time. Like, my window would have been last Saturday because the twins are out of town (laughs) for 11 days or whatever it is, and so my, my time would have been Saturday morning. I did not decide to wake up early. I'm going to go. I, I I have to. Like I feel like I don't count uh as a as a part-time resident unless I go, but it has not <laughs> happened yet and uh yeah, it's it's a it's a downfall of my uh my part-time residency oh. so far, but I'll I'll rectify it next year.
3: <laughs> Those 10-day road trips are tough.
0: Yes, they are. They they really, especially when it's going for like a total of 2 weeks and that you, you have like 4 days but, you know, I, I have no excuses. I think Trevor May and Tyler Duffy were out there. Sure were. You know, they got up and did.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, Dan, no excuses. No excuses. You're <laughs> dropping the ball is what's happening here. <laughs> Dan, were you, are you at the point where I think a lot of us are, that you're, you're not surprised when you hear, well, they're not calling it a setback, but a setback in, in Byron Buxton's rehab from the shoulder injury, or is this what, what we've come to expect with Byron Buxton at this point?
0: You know, I mean, it, it's. It, you, I, I heard the team doctor on the, the broadcast the other day saying it was a four- to six-week process. And so, you know, I mean, it was just like 23 days in that he was ramping it up. And I thought, boy, that's really either miraculous or, you know, I mean, it, it like there's been all this talk that he's a fast healer and stuff like that. And it just doesn't surprise me that this has necessarily happened because – you know Byron Buxton is a motivated guy and wants to get back and help the team. And I, I'm guessing he pushed a little bit. I mean, as, as good of a, a healer as anybody is, you know, and 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 by every account, by all accounts, everything was going well. But um, I mean, you know, he, it doesn't surprise me necessarily, and, and it doesn't sound like. I, mean, I guess we'll figure out more when they see him today. But it doesn't sound like they're they're saying, okay, this is like our total reset. And he has to start from scratch it's one thing they were trying to avoid doing because this is such a touchy thing um, you know with you can't really rip off the band um and then you know if you if you face velocity before you 're ready you you basically can start from scratch because you you can do that kind of damage that 's what they were worried about and I just wondered as that timeline was so fast if, if something like this was was possible because it just sounded so perfect I mean you know he goes out on. On Saturday, and we all hear it, and we're told Friday he might be going. Saturday, then all of a sudden you you wake up and he's gone, and 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 he's going to play on Sunday, and and he's in the lineup and he doubles in that first at bat, and it just seemed all so perfect. And um I don't know, I I, I don't know. If they they said that he was going to be the perfect voice in this all along. Was that when he told us something was up? That's the only way we were going to really know because you know when they look at the images from what they were saying, everything looked good. So. <clears throat> It just seemed quick, um, so I, you know, based on that, it doesn't surprise me. But um, it, it's definitely disappointing for them. I, I think it's disappointing for him, and just because he, you know, his ultimate goal is to help the team. I mean, he played through that that toe pain last year, and when you asked him about it, um, and he talked about how painful it actually was, um, you knew, you know. I mean, I know I know Derek and I were in there, and, and he's talking about drilling through his toe last year. to to relieve pressure and it's like that's not stuff that a person goes through to get into a baseball game and he was doing kind of things that it didn't seem like it was uh it it was conducive to playing well in a baseball game so you know it, it just seemed really quick here with this timeline and and so this isn't really surprising um it's like i said again it's disappointing i'm sure for him because he's been putting in a ton of effort to get here and now they got to kind of regroup and figure out what to do next.
1: Dan, with this process kind of being elongated at least a little bit, what's the concern that by time he is ready to be back on the field in the game situation, there are going to be no more minor league baseball games for him to rehab in? And what does that change throughout the rest of this process now?
0: Well, I, I think at this point, um, you're just going to have to base it off of him telling you how he feels after a batting practice because he's not going to get at bats. and then, So they're going to have to have him face – a real pitcher or, or velocity machine dialed up again. I mean, obviously you'd love to get him in games and, and have a chance to kind of get out there and test it out. And there's really no substitute for standing around for nine innings, uh, to let the body build up and, and get used to it. The one good thing is he's a, he's a performance athlete who is at the peak of uh, the physical skill sets uh, across the world. And, uh, and so getting him out there. You know, I I think he probably can adapt quicker than a lot of guys and and get comfortable uh, doing nine innings. But I think you kind of have to take it slow with him and and just ease him back into it. And, you know, I mean, the games end on Labor Day, and there's maybe a playoff run or two somewhere in the minors for the Twins. But, um, you know, just depending on his timeline, who knows if he could even get back to that. And, obviously, you'd like to have him test it out, but... Um, you know they they really don't have that luxury anymore, and so they're gonna have to figure out how to kind of go along about this and I mean, I imagine we'll see a, a couple simulated games, something along that line where he gets up and gets back down a couple of times like a pitcher, maybe, but I mean, there's really no way to build this up and and there's really no way to to kind of. Get the, the actual game conditions that you have to figure out, you know, racing in on a fly ball and, and throwing home, like none of that stuff is all really able to be simulated all that well. So it's gonna be challenging.
3: Yeah. Uh, Dan it's Wetmore here and I won't pin you down and make you pick a date that he's back hitting ninth and playing center field for the Twins. But what's your sense for what the Twins are talking with Byron Buxton about? I mean he's he's injured himself on a number of plays that he's just, he's being an aggressive baseball player, and it's one of the things that makes him so great out there, but what what is your sense for that dialogue, and if he comes back, are they going to ask him to maybe pull back on the reins a little bit?
0: I mean, I, I think they've already tried to do that a little bit, just by playing him deeper, and that's something, you know, he's always said he hates it when a ball falls in front of him, like, mean, that's one of his least favorite things, because he knows he can get those, those fly balls, and, uh, but they've they've asked him to play deeper, and he was doing that earlier in the year. And you know, when he when we talked to him after the injury in Miami, I I, I kind of thought you know what he said made sense. That was an unfamiliar outfield. He actually said he was surprised that he ran into the wall, and I think he thought he had more space, um, and and he didn't, and he hit that wall pretty hard. Um, and and Kepler said that afterwards that Buxton was stunned. Um, you know, I I, I think if you know he he has a better sense that he needs to play back and and if he does that you're you're taking a better chance at limiting what's going on but uh it's hard to to tune or to tell a a elite athlete to turn it down and and not be aggressive because that's what makes him so good um but i think it's something that comes with time that he figures it out too hey i gotta stay on the field you know I, i know he wants to be on the field and you know we all know he wants to be on the field it's it's figuring out that kind of perfect medium. Dan,
1: the thing that stood out to me most in what you wrote about this and a quote that Thad Levine had is that he said, I'm hopeful and very confident that Byron's going to help this team at some point in the very near future. How open-ended is that in terms of what that help could actually be? Are they counting on him, like, worst-case scenario, I, I, being a pinch runner down the stretch if they need it? Or is it is it just saying that to, no. to
0: try and keep everything open? I, I think they're counting on him still for the regular season. I, I think they... Think he'll be back? The the way you know they avoided setback. I mean, you can make your own determination on that. I think they they said it's more like a snag and not a setback. You know, it's, <laughs> it's wording. Okay. But but I believe they think he's he's still fine. Like that, this sure. was part of what is going to happen at some point. Um, you know, he he hit a little bit of a, a threshold that and there was some uncomfortable. Uh, they they won't even say pain. They just said there's discomfort. Or limitations, so I think they knew potentially this was going to be there and and really what they got to do is strengthen his shoulders some more and um, I don't know that this is you know going backwards as much as we've figured out all right there's more work to do and you know you know Derek you said wouldn't put me on the spot I wouldn't be surprised if if he was back by Cleveland, the, the Cleveland series in, in the middle of September. Put I mean, yourself on the spot. Look, I, know, I like it, Dan I'm Hayes. Sure I'm, I'm sure I'm being optimistic, but that's like my nature. But <laughs> you know, he came. He came so close here. I mean, you know, I'm again. I, I could be totally wrong on that, and and if I am, I am. But um, it just didn't seem like they were totally stunned. I, I asked one uh, team official, and and he said this was sort of expected, uh, but we'll see. I mean. Anything can happen. It's crazy, but you know he's made so much progress, and I think they're still very happy overall. They just they don't want to put a timeline out there. They don't want to have it come back and be like, "Hey, you said at Cleveland." So, uh, you know, it's understandable why they say stay away from it. But you know, again, who knows? I I do expect he will be on the field and, and playing nine innings before the regular season's over for sure. Talking with Dan
2: Hayes of The Athletic here on the Score North First Place Twins show live from the Minnesota State Fair. Dan, I don't want this whole interview to seem like gloom and doom. I mean, this is a team on pace for 99 wins, but when we ask these questions, it is with our sights set on October and getting this team running at at optimal levels. That being said, what is the level of concern for Jose Barrios, who has obviously struggled this August, and that's been a trend for him throughout his career that August and September – have not been good, and this has been probably the worst one on record yet. Where are they at with their ace right now? Well,
0: they definitely need to keep him turned around. And, you know, the one thing, I, the the last two starts his fastball has actually, the velocity has been up. He's averaged, I think, 93.5 and 93.6, or maybe it's 93.6 and 93.7. That's an encouraging sign because the fastball velocity is a big determining factor for him. And, and he's shown it the last couple of years where it's kind of gone down towards the end of the season and and they need to find a way to get it back and and they're they're making mechanical changes which is never necessarily a great thing uh in the stretch run but i think they feel like they've turned a corner and are heading in the right direction but what you have to do when you're doing that is then clean it up and get the rest of the stuff to to align with it and not leave pitches over the middle and you know, in the hitting zone where guys are, uh, doing some damage to it. And, and you could tell that Jose is frustrated by the way that he couldn't finish off the, the Tigers there tonight. Um, I mean, obviously for him to, to take off after the game and without talking to the media, it gives you an idea. He said he wasn't in a good frame of mind. It's clear he's a little bit frustrated by this whole process. And I, I think he knows he's close. I think, you know, Wes Johnson thinks so too, but they, they have to refine it. It's critical. And, and so, you know, can you do that and, and have him maybe take a few lumps here or there, um, to get back in time for October? And they, they talk about that a lot with the big picture and getting guys mentally back right and physically back right in the right spot. And, and I, I think they're aiming for that. I mean, you look at Martin Perez and it's taken them a while to get him going in the right direction, but the last couple times out, you've seen more 95s and 96s and that's them convincing him to kind of, not leave anything in the tank and air it out. And, you know, they're they're getting there with all their guys. They're trying to. And, and Barrios is a huge undertaking just because we know what he's capable of, being a two-time All-Star. And You know, this, this August it's been four starts, and I think the ERA is 844. And, and obviously that's not good. You give it a guy who in his ten starts between June and July had like a 223 ERA and was so good for them. Uh, they need they need something in between right now, and then they need him to get back to closer to what he was um, in June and July. At the end, just I mean that this team will definitely need him and Oda Rizzi and Pineda, and you know three of these five starters have to step up and give you really good quality starts to get by in October if you're if you're making October and probably need a fourth and then that fifth guy goes to the bullpen but um it, it is definitely one of the biggest things facing the twins right now
3: dan i want them to move jose back a start or back uh back a game have somebody else start that thursday game in chicago and then have him pitch friday in detroit but just looking at the mlb probables it doesn't look like they're going to do that uh, is that do they have uh, him declared already for thursday's day game
0: uh, it was listed, but you know I yeah. always change things and adapt them, and, and they've done that. So um, I don't know what they'll do at this point if they will, because they they're operating with a seven man bullpen, yeah. and with Marwin Gonzalez suffering the abdominal uh, injury last night, um, even though they say it's light, it, you know it wouldn't surprise me if he was out a few days. Okay, um, so you're you're playing sort of shorthanded, and I don't know that they can afford to push him back and. Start a rookie in his place, and then have a rookie go a short start, and then mess up the bullpen. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe if this happened, if something like that happened after September one, when sure. yeah. you know there could be as many as ten to twelve guys here. I mean, that wouldn't covered. surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We might have a very tight clubhouse in uh, Boston. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if there were thirty-five guys there oh, in, man. A, uh, in a in the room the size of seven for like I think seventeen people could comfortably fit in that Fenway. Visiting clubhouse and the Twins might have like thirty five. So. <laughs> uh, September,
2: gotta love it. That's Dan Hayes. Find his work at the Athletic covering the Minnesota Twins and uh, catch him eventually someday out here at the Minnesota State Fair.
0: <laughs> Dan, we appreciate the time as always, thanks, sir. Dan. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, guys, thank me, save me a parking spot and I'll make it next year. <laughs>
2: we'll save you a parking spot and a corn dog, Dan. We'll see you out here soon.
0: <laughs> all right, great, thanks.
2: Appreciate it. That's Dan Hayes. That was, uh, I feel a little better. I don't know about you guys. I, I feel, do, too. I feel Dan. feel a little bit better. Dan has that effect on people. I don't think Dan is in the business of sugarcoating things for the Minnesota Twins. No, no, twins. no. I just mean speaking with him. That's Look what your I'm mood. saying. Yeah. No, I just mean what he was saying about Byron Buxton. It sounds like he's he's not as discouraged by the most recent development as as we are or were for the first segment of this show. Ah. Uh. <laughs> What was I the only one who heard that? Was I the one who read that into what he said? No,
3: I mean, look, like I did, he said what he wrote, yeah. So, like, I I already had that coming into the show that knowledge, that understanding of how the twins are referring to this. But I just don't think you go into a game where you're hoping this guy plays and plays center field and then gets called up to the twins and, and then he's backed off and he's he comes joins the team not to join the team. But for evaluation, I can't help but be a little discouraged by that uh, if, if I had rooting interest in the Twins. And, like, seeing this team perform at, at peak levels and winning 100 games and going to the postseason, here's a newsflash. That's good for business on the Score North Twins show. So I'm kind of like watching this, seeing this development play out. And, yeah, I think you can't help but say that's a setback. That's, that's the word that I think you'd use to
2: describe it.
4: And here's the thing, too, guys. This team needs Byron Buxton back. But more than anything, this starting rotation, more than anybody else on this team, needs Byron Buxton back out in center field. Because he only helps them. He only keeps their ERAs down, and we know how much this rotation has been struggling the last month and a half or so.
3: Yeah, I mean, he turns those doubles into the yeah, gap. We talk about this yeah. all the time. Those, yeah. those gap doubles are now 50-50. Maybe it's an out. Uh, that's a totally different ball game for a starting pitcher like Manny's saying. and Yeah, I mean... I appreciate Dan Hayes' insight and the reported knowledge there that he offered with us, Rami, but I don't feel like
2: uh, he does but you know, he does a sense of relief after
3: talking with him. No, but he
2: does bring up a good point. It was the first point he brought up, which is that compared to what they initially said or projected when this injury popped up, he was he was ahead of schedule. So the setback sort of puts him back to their expectations at the beginning of this whole thing. And so I know I'm trying. I know so, but, you're I looking know. for a silver lining in a thunderstorm. No, but I did feel better after talking to Dan. I legitimately felt better after talking to Dan. This yeah, isn't me Dan's reaching like no, I said, about, Byron Boston, by about Byron Buxton, about Byron Buxton. This isn't me reaching for a silver lining. <laughs> I think the news is better than what I
4: thought it was before Dan, before Here, I talked to Dan there. Here's, here's my thing, Rami. I would feel better about it if it was someone other than Byron Buxton. But I get what you're, it, I get. That. But because of the history, the injury history with Byron Buxton, and because he just, for whatever reason, just has not been able to stay away from these types of injuries, for me, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. When he's in uniform, in the lineup, and ready to go, then that's, when, that's when I'll take that, that sigh of, of, of relief.
1: The silver lining for me about this isn't that... Obviously, any time you go on a rehab assignment and it doesn't go well, there's not a silver lining. The silver lining is that he didn't destroy his shoulder doing that. That's the only silver lining that I have here, is that, yeah, it didn't go as well as it planned, but it it could have gone worse. That's about it. I, I, I can't reach for anything else.
3: If they said he was down for the year, we'd all be doom and gloom. That's not what's happened here. So I guess, Rami, if that's what you're talking about, that, hey, he could still be back and Thad Levine thinks he'll be back... I mean, based on his quotes, in a matter of weeks, at worst, like that's what By the
1: that's, Indian that's, series he
2: said. That's what they're. Well, that's that, what Dan that was that was, that was not at worst. Yeah, no, that was, But that Dan said it could. He he could see it happening as soon as the Indian series. And he, even he said that was a very optimistic per- yeah, prediction. he's an optimistic guy. I liked that.
3: I like that. But I think that that is your maybe. Hoping at this point. And and then there's nothing wrong with hoping. Like, I'm all about that. Hashtag optimism reigns. That's perfectly fine. Like, I don't think we have evidence right now that says this is is going to happen. It's going to work for him. And it's going to be good for the Twins. I think we're hoping for that at this point.
2: We'll keep an eye on it. Can we talk about... Last night's win a little bit. We haven't even really talked about last night's win. I was hoping you'd ask that. Can we Riley? do that right
3: we, after this? We do, and uh, we should also, when we come back, remind the people how they could potentially win $50,000 just by guessing the Twins' record-breaking
2: BOMBA. You heard the man right. Fifty damn thousand dollars is on the line. Stay tuned to the Score North first place Twins show live from BOMBA Soda, where the magic number is 29, right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app.
3: From the top of the
1: Space Needle, I can see my cousin Jerry's house. It's Score North,
4: live from the Minnesota State Fair. All right, it's Score North download time. It's 1246. on Manny Hill, and uh, we are out here at the great Minnesota get-together, the State Fair, as uh, the Score North first-place twin show rolls on here at the Score North booth. And uh, we've got lots of things going on here. Uh, the rest of the day here at Score North, we've got uh, another hour of the Score North Twin Show coming up. Uh, next hour, Judge Zogad will join us here on the porch. And also, we've got Purple Daily from 2 to 4. Mackie and Judd with Rami from 4 till 6. Uh, so stay tuned for that if you're out at the State Fair. Come by and say hi to us. We certainly uh, always appreciate when our listeners stop by and uh, let us know what you think of what we're doing here at Score North. So be sure to do that. Uh, You can check out our Score North merchandise booth that's open until 9 o'clock every day here at the fair. In fact, if you show us your Score North mobile app on your phone, you'll receive a $5 t-shirt. Also, we're donating all proceeds from the All Arise t-shirts to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. So stop on by the Score North merchandise booth right on the side of where we're at. And uh, we're located off of Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. That is your Score North download. Now back to the Score North first place twin show.
2: Live from Boma Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks where the magic number is 28. Rami Makhlouf, Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, you heard Manny there say that Judd Zulgad will be joining the show at 1 o'clock for the entire hour. You also heard him say $5 t-shirts if you show us the Score North mobile app out here at the State Fair off Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand where you'll find us and our merchandise booth. If that $5 t-shirt... Is isn't incentive enough for you to go and get that Score North Mobile app if you don't have it already? How about fifty thousand dollars? Is that motivation enough for you to go get that Score North Mobile app? Fifty thousand dollars. How many five-dollar t-shirts you could get with that? I think a thousand. Am I right about that? No. Uh, no? 10,000. 10,000. You can get 10,000. <laughs> Don't do math on the air, kids. Download the Scored North mobile no app. Download the Score North mobile app. Register your name and email. And then enter the Bombas away for 50K contest because the Twins are about to set the single season home run record for a team. They're going to do it soon. It's just a question of which player will be the one to hit number 268. Enter the contest. Correct the get right – guess the correct player – you're entered to win $1000. If that player hits a grand slam, you're entered to win $50,000. It's the bombas away for 50k. Get that download. Download that Score North mobile app. Why can't I talk or do math today? Was my understanding and that there would be no math. And enter via listener rewards in the main menu for All your right. chance you set to me win $50,000 for
3: that one right. <laughs> if yeah, you know. missed it, it's you get the app. You guess the player who's going to hit number two sixty-eight. Yes, you're entered to win yes. a thousand bucks. Yes, somebody's going to win. It. Slam. If it's a grand slam, it's fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars, and somebody's going to win it. Somebody going to win. It's awesome. I, I checked Rami because you asked me yesterday. Yes. Are you eligible to win the fifty k? No, I you, am not. You can guess, but you, Rami Makloff, are ineligible to win the Bombas away for fifty k. But today. we went through the rules.
2: With a fine-tooth comb. Your dog, Osgood, is also not eligible to win. I Stop think my girlfriend it. is. I think she no. is. Okay. I think my girlfriend is eligible to win. All She's right. technically, at this moment, not part of my household. Okay. well She lives in Wisconsin. I live in Minnesota. Better on the list.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> got a lot of friends in Ohio that can guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they don't know many
1: Twins players, but they can guess. Well, they hey, can read the roster. I saw
3: it on the app yesterday. They're all listed for you. So oh, you guess. wow. Just, you don't go. guess a just, picture.
1: Just click. Just
2: click and guess. And you're
3: you're entered to win. Dude, this is I'm really excited about this. I think this will be a lot of fun, and hopefully, it's a
2: loyal listener of the Score North First Place Twins Show that wins. You know, it was a lot of fun watching the Twins win three to one against the White Sox. It's a good last ball night. game. And you know what I you know what I liked about that ball game more than anything. And they were talking about this on the uh, Fox Sports North broadcast. And I think this is a trend with the Twins overall. I didn't I didn't go back and look at it, but they were talking about the wins versus the losses that they've had against the White Sox so far this season. All the wins are blowouts. All their wins against the White Sox are blowouts. The close games is where they've, they've faltered against this team, and low-scoring close games specifically is where they've faltered against this team. And i got to imagine, Derek, that that's probably a pattern for this Twins team overall throughout the season, that they do well in Slugfest. That's that's what this team does. They hit bombast. That's why we have a contest giving away $50,000 centered <laughs> around Bombas. There's a good reason for that. But I... I I think we need to see them win more games like that. And the White Sox aren't a great team, but probably the best player on that team, Lucas Giolito, was on the mound for them last night and did what Lucas Giolito does, which was hold you to just three runs. Michael Pineda matched him for five innings, pitch for pitch, giving up just one run himself. And then that bullpen came in and Dyson, Duffy, Romo, and Rodgers shut it down for four scoreless innings. You want to see that they can do that. They're going to have to do it against better teams, but not many better pitchers, and you just want to see that they can do that between now and October.
1: I would be curious to see what their splits are in in close, low-scoring games as opposed to close, high-scoring games, but part of the reason it's like that against the White Sox is despite them being a team that's, what, 60-71 and or whatever they are today as they wake up, they've got a really good bullpen. They've got some really nice pieces in that back end of the bullpen. I know Kelvin Herrera pitched last night, and he's been awful, but all of their other high-leverage guys haven't been the reason that they've got 71 losses. So I think that's part of the reason why when the Twins are able to to attack their starting pitching and not face guys like Evan Marshall in that back end of the bullpen, they've been good. It's when they they have to face them, they can't outscore them at the end. That's, why I think, why that it looks a little wonky against the White Sox. Yeah,
3: that's interesting. And, Ron, you, you mentioned our reasoning for giving away $50,000 over, over Bombas. It's because my proposal to the promotions department was rejected. My proposal to have a reward given away for every clean, crisp, tight, two to one ball game that I the liked Twins it. win. Yeah, they didn't think that was as exciting. That is sexy as less. Bombas. I thought
2: you were going to try and work the 50000 into Did the Twins' bullpen do its job? <laughs> That'd be big. Oh, that would that would actually, be big. That would be big. Actually, that would be fascinating. And talk about <laughs> pins and needles. Jeez.
3: Hey, but credit where credit's due. Yesterday, not only the starting performance from Big Mike, which was good, and got some swing and miss, and got some strikeouts, and held a. A White Sox team that's been better of late held them down. But, boy, then you go into Sam Dyson, Tyler Duffy, Sergio Romo, Taylor Rogers, and just across the board, I know we're not playing the game today because it's not Friday, but the Twins' bullpen did do its job yesterday. And that was all kinds of impressive. That's kind of how you chalk it up. If you can have your starter right. go five innings and then go to those four trusted horses, that's that's not a bad formula for the Twins right now. And they carried it out to perfection yesterday. I do have their splits in those blowouts you were talking about, because uh, Baseball Reference is my homepage. The Twins in blowouts, which is defined by Baseball Reference as five plus runs separating, <laughs> they're twenty nine and eleven this year. That's a seven twenty five winning clip. Solid. So, uh, more than the hundred win ball club. I'm gonna put that down as solid. That's yeah, it's yeah. good enough anyway. Yeah. Uh, one run games, the Twins are seventeen and eleven. That's a six oh seven. That's right around their actual. Winning percentage. So I don't know if we take anything out of that, but that the Twins are just a pretty good baseball team.
1: I'm more curious when they're low scoring, though. Sure. Because, like,
3: a, a one run
1: game can be 10 14 to, 11. to 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's right. Yeah, I, I like the Twins there, but if it's 2 1, I like the opposition. That's, that's where, where I'm curious, and I know I don't think at least Baseball Reference has that much detail into this. Not splits.
3: here. I might have to drill deeper onto those or, or do some that of That might be
1: a play index thing.
3: Yeah, and I might have to do some of that digging myself to, to get that, but I'd be curious to know now. I wouldn't be shocked at all, Danny, if they were really bad at that in, say, April and May, just for example, but now you kind of like them in that 3-1 ball game better than you did two months ago because I think Dyson's a real weapon, and man, if Sergio Romo's not a beast, like, last night's game was just so as far as a one-inning non-closer reliever can be. That was an epic outing. Swings and misses on a bunch of different pitches, that little two-seam runner in on right-handers, the Mm -hmm. slider, which has always been filthy, and then a changeup. Like, that's how you draw it up if you're Sergio Romo, and it went to perfection for the Twins yesterday. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's had one bad outing since joining the Twins, right? Yeah. um, Who was that against? uh, I think it was against... uh, Yeah, it was against the Brewers in Miller Park. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds right. Yeah, but otherwise he's been pretty good.
2: (laughs) <laughs> we need to talk about Miller Park We got today. time. Don't worry about it. We're focused on the Twins We need to right talk now, about anyway. the rain delay at a place uh, with the roof, Rami. That's okay. We can talk about that later. I'm we have surprised to... Rami
3: didn't start the show with that. It's 2 oh, Because it's show. negative for him. <laughs> it's a two-hour twin show. We got We've plenty got of time. We've got Byron Buxton news. The Twins exactly. won a tight ball game. We're giving away $50,000 right. to a lucky Score need... North listener. We don't need to talk about I that. I still thought Rami might open with the roof thing.
1: Oh, no, because that, that goes against his narrative. I mean, I thought when there were roofs, really. there were supposed to not be a rain if you want to get into I it... I don't. This is a I, Judd
2: conversation. Yeah, let's wait for Judd. It'll be much better with Judd. He's, he's very anti. Judd will be here on at 1 his. o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. Judd Zalgad, live out at the State Fair.
3: Judd, if you're listening, bring your boxing gloves and bring but, a pair for Rami. When
2: you look at that bullpen last night, and we saw four of those of those guys last night, and I've talked about the fact that I feel like... Now, there are varying levels of trust on the trust tree, but I feel like you have five guys who you have some level of trust in in that bullpen right now. And those five guys right now, Tyler Duffy in his last three games, zero runs given up. Sam Dyson, his last three games, zero runs given up. Tell me if you sense a pattern here. Trevor May, his last two games, zero runs given up. Taylor Rogers his last two games, zero runs given up. And Sergio Romo, his last three games, his last three outings, zero runs given up. That bullpen... ...is quietly coming together pretty nicely here at the end of August. Let's see. Pattern. Pattern. Did you, did you pick up on anything there? You mentioned that there would be one. I... Uh, Anybody. I Manny, I you need your help Add here. Score Manny's north. the math guy. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us at Score if you, could, if you
3: sense the pattern that I, that I touched you on You know right the other there. pattern, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but just from watching the games, like anecdotally speaking, I think you'd also see an uptick in strikeouts and swing and miss from those four guys like when taylor rogers isn't peak taylor rogers he's given up a couple of bombas this year in in big spots and when he is untouchable all-star taylor rogers future all-star i should say then he's mowing them down like that the, the slider against lefties no shot no chance in the world when he is going well and then he pairs that with a 95 fastball like that's that's a recipe for success for a late-inning reliever. I think that whole group that you just mentioned, Rami, I just, again, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I've been seeing more and more of that lately, the last, you know, seven, ten days, two weeks, that these guys are going out there, and it's it's dominating an outing for a batter, two batters, one full inning. I, I think that trust is really starting to elevate in Rocco Baldelli with that group that you're talking about here.
1: I'm still curious what this looks like to move it forward when you do have to use all four of those guys that Agreed. you do actually trust back-to-back days or two out of Agreed. three days because we've brought up Sergio Romo, who's been really good, but he's had two bad outings since being with the Twins. The Milwaukee loss was his second day pitching in a row, and then against Detroit on the other day okay. or last week, yeah. he didn't have a good outing there either. That yep. was when he gave up two runs in there. Their that's right. Yeah. 9 to 6 loss on yeah. Friday night. No, Taylor right.
3: Rogers is the same way. If he's back to back, he's not the same pitcher. Yeah. And, and and who would be, but the the gamble the Twins have been making is like, hey, 80% to Taylor Rogers is still Taylor Rogers. I think that, as Danny says, if you advance this thing to the crunch time of this postseason race and then from the Twins' perspective, hopefully into October, I mean, you're going to have to count on Taylor Rogers back to back from time to time. You've just got to do it. So it'll be fascinating to see how they do fast forward this thing and
2: what what that unit looks like when all the chips are on the table and i hope it's not too little too late because i talked early in the season about making a trade to take the load off of taylor rogers but they finally did do that and took some of the load off of him and that's that's going to have him that much fresher and more ready for October yeah, when it your, rolls around.
3: Your bullpen rest as much as you can, and give Jose Barrios an extra day of rest if you're listening.
2: Derek is going to uh, jet out of the Minnesota State Fair, but we're calling in the big righty. Speaking of strong bullpens, we have Judd Zalgad jogging it. You think Judd is a walker, a slow walker from the bullpen?
3: Why do you think he was or pushing is for the
2: bullpen is cart he? so hard for years <laughs> and years and years? I think he's Judd, taking the golf cart. Judd part. is on the bullpen cart, on his way to our booth at the Minnesota State Fair. It's the score north first place. Twins show live from to the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number 28, and we're back right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app.